0: It was another fine day in the universe. The Space Lynxes, navigating the known universe in their cigar-shaped ship, Umiaumiar, to seek out any members of the Philidae family in need of intergalactic assistance, had detected that the domain registered to the Ginger Nuts was in imminent danger of being immersed in an interspecies predicament. The urban foxes were flourishing, particularly in university cities, where the students took kindly to the russet vulpines and often inadvertently provided snacks and other treasures from their late-night takeaways. Each new family of fox cubs was introduced to a diet of worms, snails, invertebrates, small rodents, and occasional unlucky members of the squirrel family, as their rural ancestors were accustomed, plus the rich plethora of spices, sauces and batters available, and found when their parents scavenged around the numerous establishments which had arrived from all corners of the world. The vulpine elders felt that urban existence was rather more pleasurable than the difficulties faced in the rural environment. There was nothing better than sitting in the sun, on someone's decking, with a full stomach of discarded kebab, chicken nuggets, chips and gravy, plus an occasional plump rat. The elders felt that the slightly extended lifespan, that the urban existence offered, was ensuring that future generations had the best start in life. The main downside was that the smaller ranges encouraged laziness and a higher incidence of the mange, which usually meant that your tail was not admired as much as it should be. Nearer to home, Tigtoza's friend, Old Hedge Dog, Or one of his descendants, had brought news from the wilds, and related how the ancient grey-beard badgers had heard of the foxes' success with infiltrating the urban environment. They were keen to improve the future of their species, even if it meant becoming more friendly with the foxes. They were worried about the culling in certain parts, how to improve the road sense of the species and generally get on better with the foxes, asking for help with tackling becoming a successful urban animal. Whilst changing their behavior and investigating what the cities had to offer, They also felt that urban congestion would mean slower vehicles, and a better chance of safely crossing the road. Old Hedge Dog squeezed through the bushes with his cart of takeaway snacks, just where Tigdoes and his brother Squimps were relaxing, enjoying the sunshine. Sold out again, he said, with a shrug of his spiky shoulders, those foxes love my small additions to their diets. Always pay up front too. No requests for credit. They're stocking their store cupboards, in case all this badger trouble kicks off. Tigtoes and Squimps were keen to hear more. There's talk along the hedgerows, that the odd badger has been seen scouting out the opportunities, explained Hedge Dog, there's trouble afoot, to my way of thinking. Squimps mentioned how the Bullpuss and Mungo Jerry, on one of their late night investigations along the disused railway line, had encountered a team of badgers, excavating the sandy banks and creating burrows and sets for their families. The whole neighborhood was experiencing an increased level of tension, and it was this, that the Space Lynxes had detected. Prepare a two-cat landing craft, engineer Simkin, ordered Captain Tigger, and I suggest that Lieutenant Moppet and Vulcat Tabitha descend to the planet's surface. Affirmative, Captain Tigger, replied Vulcat Tabitha, the computers have detected an extremely long strip of what appears to be parkland, which, although it has a populous route through it, affords cover in the dense bushes and trees. Helmscat Mungo Jerry steered Umeowameowar nearer to the planet's surface and announced, at this current geolocation, this planet's dark cycle will begin in three twenty-fourths of the revolution. Chef Bulpus stepped onto the bridge, some nourishment for the explorers, he said, all your favorite snacks, and I have prepared a caddy bag of emergency rations which you'll find in the lockers on your toucat. As night fell, the two adventurers boarded their small craft and silently descended to the chosen spot. Very few stars were showing and low clouds were obscuring the crescent moon. Moppet and Tabitha quickly unpacked essential equipment and supplies. And remotely activated the Tucat to leave the surface and assume a watchful role overhead. This ensured that communications from the adventurers were picked up by the Tucat and relayed to the mothership, where all information received could be quickly analyzed. They had just finished effectively hiding the supplies beneath a tangle of brambles, when some strange sounds were detected from the track below them. The sounds increased as a grumbling, shambling figure approached. The Space Lynxes stood up straight and motionless, slightly hidden by the trunks of nearby, small trees one of the planet's anthropoid indigents, whispered Vulcate Tabitha, mostly harmless. Or a cleverly disguised humanoid robot, grinned Lieutenant Moppet, masquerading as an inebriated and incapable middle-aged male. The fellow had just completed an incoherent ditty, something about belonging to a major Scottish city, when his attention was drawn to the two pairs of enormous eyes that an unanticipated ray of moonbeam had illuminated. Suffering pussycats, he exclaimed, I shouldn't have had those last two drinks. The felines round here are three times larger than normal. And with that comment, he increased his pace as best he could, and breathing stentoriously, disappeared into the night. All went quiet for a while, and the Space Lynxes set up some of their detection equipment, which shortly reported that two of the planet's smaller felines were approaching through the extensive undergrowth at the side of the track. This was Bullpuss and Mungo Jerry, out for a midnight scamper, checking on the latest rodent movements, and generally hoping to meet up with old pals. Bullplus was just remarking, "You know, Mungo, that several of my best escapades have occurred along this old railway line." Macau, yes," said Mungo, including that time he sent Tabo and myself to meet King Rat to arrange a rodent slash feline agreement. Bullplus suddenly put a restraining paw on Mungo's shoulder. BRRRP, I feel we're being watched," he whispered. Mungo stood up tall against a tree and was astonished to see a long, sturdy pair of furry legs just to the other side of the tree. Bullpuss, bullpuss, he gasped. Together they slowly looked upwards into the glowing eyes of Vulcat Tabitha, who was quick to reassure them. Fear not, fellow felines, she said, crouching down beside them. We come in peace, do not be afraid. Lt. Moppet joined her. We are travelers from far away, and we have detected a potentially difficult situation in your domain. The RRRP, badger and fox trouble, gulped bullpuss, swallowing quickly, our old rural pal. Hedgehog has explained a little of what's happening. Macau, are you able to help us? asked Amungo, in a tiny voice. We shall be happy to facilitate a meeting between all interested parties, replied Tabitha, just a few representatives of each species involved in a neutral meeting place where everybody would feel comfortable. The splendid, said Bullpuss, thinking quickly and settling neatly into the new situation, our will contact the hedgehogs, who know lots about these predicaments. Mewp, and Tabo and I can ask the foxes to nominate a spokesvolpine, said Mungo. What about your lagomorph species? asked Lt. Moppet. Mungo and Bullpuss looked askance at each other. Your rabbits and hares, said Vulcate Tabitha with a smile. Mewp, mupe, we can ask Bobby Bunny to contact the wild rabbits, whilst he represents the tame ones, although I don't think we've ever seen an urban hare. VRRP. An old hedge dog will know how to contact the ancient graveyard badgers, continued Bullpuss. What about a meeting place? asked Lieutenant Moppet, is this long strip of parkland good enough? BRRRP, our own garden would be best, answered Bullpuss, a wildlife oasis, with lots of cover for the wild animals to approach. It's our open garden weekend shortly, and our people get the summerhouse and garden spick and span. If they leave the summerhouse French windows ajar, we can seat lots of furry friends, either inside, or just outside, whichever they prefer. There may even be a slice or two of cake, that our people haven't cleared away, added Mungo. Over the next few days, the necessary plans came to fruition, and all interested parties were identified and invited. The time appointed was the darkest part of the night, to ensure safety for the wary denizens of the wild places. As their people completed the Saturday's tidying up, and leaving things in readiness for the Sunday, Old Mistress noticed that the eight cats were much in evidence. I don't know, She said, the ginger nuts hardly came to see the visitors, but now they are in and out of the garden, like dogs at a fair. Mew, Mew, we need to position ourselves, quite spread out, at all entrances routes to our garden. Domain, said the old furry moprag, to provide an introduction and welcome to all who attend. The foxes were the first to arrive. It was very easy for them, since they had raised another family underneath the summerhouse earlier in the spring. Bobby Bunny came bouncing around, with a couple of very timid wild rabbits, whom he was continually reassuring. I've escaped again. He announced to Squimps, and I'm looking forward to a night of adventure, with all this badger and fox friction resolved. Winston, the Lancashire Terrier, and Henry the old black Labrador, as representatives for the local dogs, pushed through the hedges, with their eyes glowing with anticipation. A hedgehog contingent soon joined in, led by old hedge. Doug. Oyve brought my musical relatives, he said shyly to Tigtos, Hopefully the talks will go well, and a few relaxing folk songs will smooth the final agreement. Mungo Jerry spotted the badgers, ambling about, looking a little lost in unfamiliar territory. He stepped forward to introduce himself, explained briefly what was happening, and led them through the gardens to the meeting ground. He suddenly spotted his old mistress going back into the house, with the last few things. He put his paw on the first badger's nose, whose sudden halt caused the second one to collide with the first. The ensuing kerfuffle caused some sharp cracks from twigs and branches. Old Mistress looked up quickly and peered into the gloom of the garden. She spotted Mungo's light ginger plume of a tail and the white stripes on the badger's faces. I don't know, she said, returning to the house, I'm sure I've just seen Mungo with a badger. The larger animals sat quietly round on benches and chairs, talking in their groups. The ginger nuts passed round small snacks, the preparation of which had been overseen by old hedge dog who was well versed in the dietary ways of the wild. Just as Tabo was saying, who are we missing? And the moprag was wondering where the space lynxes were, when there was a chattering and scurrying and several grey squirrels bounced off nearby tree branches to join the party. Simultaneously a number of plump grey rats, with perhaps one or two brown ones, sneaked out from the bushes to represent the views of the preyed-upon rodent members. It was this diversion that allowed the space lynxes inter on board their TuCat craft, to teletransport them from orbit, directly into the armchairs set aside for them. An instant hush descended upon the audience. Little mouths fell open at the awe-inspiring sight. The smaller animals did their best to hide behind the larger ones. The space lynxes spoke in quiet tones and the audience soon relaxed. Several species added constructive comments to the discussion. Certain quieter animals were asked to join in but it became apparent that the automatic language translation provided by the space lynxes was failing to respond quickly enough. Vulcat Tabitha fiddled with her communication device and then explained, we've been having problems with the Babelfish, and our backup is to use an aquarium of jumblefish, we apologize for their unpredictability. The only problem that remained was that when the wise scientists of the planet Earth were mentioned, Although Sir David came through correctly, Attenborough was scrambled and caused raised eyebrows among those animals that had them. Agreement was quickly reached and the Council of the Space Lynxes was admired by all. Their main suggestion to ensure integration between the species was a proposed football match featuring a team of cats and dogs versus a team of badgers and foxes. Their involvement would be to act as referees having familiarized themselves with the nuances of the game. The Lynxes had noticed the loop graffiti and asked whether animals or humans were responsible. Tiktoes explained that some of the graffiti is done or enhanced by gangs of cats, dogs, rabbits, and squirrels, all being animals who, between them, can work out how to use the discarded paint sprays. The Space Lynxes wanted to do some themselves and, before departing on the next stage of their mission, created wondrous images of their faraway land. None of the local graffiti artists were unduly worried and just accepted that someone else with awesome talent had arrived on their patch. At the end of an exhausting yet exhilarating night, just before the early dawn light was showing, The hedgehog musician stepped up and played a couple of uplifting tunes to send everyone happily on their way.